interviewing podcasts. Podcasts where people interview other people. people interview other people. Interviewing, interviewing. Podcasts where people interview other people. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. It's another episode of Podnobbing. The podcast about podcasts. I'm uh, one half of the combined hosts, Josh, and with me is... Carrie. Hey. And we're here to do another episode for you where we recommend our favorite podcasts in a particular genre. This week's genre is interviewing podcasts. Podcasts where people interview other people. There's a lot of those, and it covers a lot of different uh, ground, so uh, we're going to get to our picks in here in just a little bit, but first, there's uh, always exciting news in the podcast world, so we're going to go straight away to our uh, favorite podnobbing reporter, Carrie, for the latest in podnobbing news. Thank you, Josh. This edition of Podnobbing News is being recorded on August 12th of 2019. Sadly, uh, my news is mostly not exciting. It's a bit of a dry time in podcasting. Lots of people are going on vacations. I might, maybe I shouldn't have introduced it as an exciting week in podnobbing news. <laughs> it's not a very exciting week in podnobbing <laughs> news. But to be fair, there's still tons of purchases, lots of mergers, lots of people making money, podcasting, quickly becoming a gargantuan industry. But most of that stuff um, I found really boring. The last couple weeks. So I am just going to tell you two little tidbits that I found interesting. I do have one piece of excellent news for anyone out there who feels the way that I do about Dolly Parton. Radiolab's Jad Abrod is making a nine-part podcast series on Dolly Parton. The American treasure that is Dolly Parton. And it's going to come out sometime this fall. Nine parts? Nine parts of Dolly. I would have whittled that from nine to five. Oh, bam. That was funny. The working title so far is Dolly Parton's America, which I have to say, from what I know about Dolly Parton, I would love to live in Dolly Parton America. Fuck, man. Dolly for Dolly for president. Have you ever been to Dollywood? I haven't, but I should totally go. My second piece of news is podcasting is now big enough that they are releasing top 10 most powerful people lists. Oh boy. Are, we, are you on it? <laughs> Not yet, baby. Watch out. Inside Radio released its top 10 most powerful people in podcasting list. Connell Byrne, president of iHeartRadio Podcasting, is number one. But I should mention, iHeartRadio owns Inside Radio. Womp womp. But that is literally all I have. All that interested me whatsoever in the last two weeks in Podnobby News. Back to you, Josh. Well, that's that was that. <laughs> that was the Dust Bowl that was Podnobby right. News this week. Back to Podnobbing podcast about podcasts podcast uh, about podcasts the only podcast about podcasts with josh mm. and carrie mm -hmm. see what i did yeah, there with josh and carrie yep. okay yep mm -hmm. i see that all right well, let's get into it mm -hmm. we had a our genre this week is interview style interview styling podcasts so that just means 
Somebody's talking to somebody else. That's a lot of podcasts. Our listeners should know I am a little shorthanded in many ways this week due to violent illness. Oh, right. During our science and medicine week, funnily enough, I became violently ill and was in great need of science and medicine. Mm -hmm. So I was in sort of a coma. Just a tiny kind of mini coma. And I really, really fell behind. But I found one podcast that I actually really love. The point I am making is I only chose one because I actually didn't listen to as many podcasts as I normally do due to violent illness. I see. So you dropped yes. the ball. I did. You I dropped it. This week. I threw up on it. I dropped it again. I threw up on it again. And then I just gave up. This is all from a salad? Possibly. I don't, I don't know. That's, I mean, that was the evidence that I produced. Evidence points to salad. Okay. All right. Well, all the listeners are on the edge of their seat. Like, you've, you've teased mm, it. Mm, mm-hmm, you've teased it mm-hmm. well enough where people are like, yeah. what is it, Carrie? So why, yeah. don't you, why don't you go ahead and we'll start off with Carrie's <clears throat> pick for interview-style podcasts. Carrie, what's, your, what's the name of your podcast that you chose? So the podcast that I picked is called Trauma Queen. See what she did there? Oh, like Drama Queen. Queen. Got it. So Trauma Queen is hosted by Jimanikia Eborn. Basically, this show revolves around having conversations about sex with survivors, therapists, partners, educators, and experts. The Trauma Queen, where we normalize talking about some pretty hard shit. I'm Jiminika Eborn, your certified trauma queen. I've been working with survivors of assault for over a decade. This season, we will be talking about sexual education. We will discuss how we deal with stressors that come up around our work, societal, personal traumas, and growth. What we've learned and how we have to navigate through our daily lives. So she herself is a queer media consultant, comprehensive sex educator, and sexual assault and trauma expert. I do like her interview style tremendously. She's someone who's capable of establishing familiarity with people very quickly. I'm sure that comes from her line of work. She has an immediate connection with a lot of the people that she's interviewing, and she brings something to it where you feel warm and familiar with both her and the guest at least in my opinion, immediately. How do you think this podcast, like, uh, like, what do you think listeners would get out of this podcast if they're not, uh, like, it's just they're just looking for a podcast to listen to? So, I mean, this podcast is, it's, I think it's for a bigger audience than probably one would assume. But here's what I would say. I would say that if people are looking for a podcast that talks about sex in a very like healthy normal comfortable way I think she's really really good at that two she does talk to a lot of um, couples therapists and sex educators and they also bring such a comfortable embracing easy energy to a subject that can make a lot of people kind of back off and cringe right still not a comfortable subject in our society preconceived notion that because we're so interested in sex we do everything and we like everything and lies (laughs) complete lies (laughs) and i think that that's like that's a huge amount of misinformation because but also i think it it does damage to our industry because i think it makes people scared to talk to us frankly about their lack of interest in things or their disgust of certain sexual acts or their fear of certain things and i think 
And I think that that's a that's also gets in our way because we aren't able to again meet people where they're at. If people are frightened by our reputations or frightened by their ideas of what we're doing in our personal lives. And so it's important for people to realize that there are sex educators who are monogamous. There are sex educators who are asexual, who are, uh, you know, vanilla, who who are into all sorts of different things and not into all sorts of things. And that you can find people to talk to who will respect your own discomfort or your own comfort levels where you're at. I mean, obviously, people who are living... I would think that this podcast would probably be a real breath of fresh air if you were living outside of like the Bay Area <laughs> or if you're living outside of a major metropolitan city. I feel like most major metropolitan cities do offer, um, you know, LGBTQ uh, life, uh, socialization, community, something. Um, but maybe you're not living in a place like that. Maybe you're living in some place that's very sheltered and where you don't really have access to a lot of people you can talk to about these things. This podcast would probably be a lifesaver, especially if you're living somewhere like that. And I think that's a magical word in therapy, Mm -hmm. in being a black femme. Like, Mm -hmm. what has your healing been? And like, how would you help or how do you help your clients heal? There's a question, do you think healing is possible? I think levels of healing are possible. Mm -hmm. I don't think any of us will all, will ever be 100%. There it is. Right? Like, I tend that. not to use the word healing very often. Okay. Um, I also hate the word empowerment. Can't stand mm. it. Um, like, there's certain words that and my, my, clients, my clients will learn over time. Um, I don't like the word compromise or weird or... Uh, <laughs> You're like, there are all these stupid buzzwords. Yeah, right, they're, they're buzzwords, and, like, the word weird is usually um, somebody's hiding how they actually feel. Mm. If you are someone, like, if you're, if you're someone who lives a pretty status quo lifestyle, and I would actually put myself in that category. I mean, I'm not married. I don't have children. Perhaps for some people that would be, like, not fulfilling the status quo. And it is important, I think, to always kind of have exposure to the to the to the world outside of you and to people who make choices that are completely different than yours not that it's my responsibility to adopt them i can't adopt them you know i have to be authentic and be who i am too but it does feel healthy to always know that these things are out there and they exist and so when i run into it face to face when i meet people that live in these that live this kind of lifestyle. You know, when I lived in LA, I met lots of people that worked in the porn industry. And, you know, after a while, you just kind of go like, "Eh," you know, you can shrug it off. It's normal. You're not, you're not uncomfortable with it. And therefore, I think you move away from judging it or questioning it. It becomes something that they chose. And it's, it's not up to you to judge it or question it. Visually connected with a lot of fear. Mm. and unsafety mm-hmm. so I, I do so i have three partners still they're all white they've mm-hmm. all been doing their work mm-hmm. they're not gone yet mm-hmm. ain't nobody fucked up too much and i've had to have convos they cool yeah but We're i don't think onboarding yeah i'm not <laughs> the onboarding process is on a halt um so so yeah i think in a way for for us nor like totally like average status quo people um this well first of all we might not always be the status quo and I'm totally fine with that. But two, I mean, we are at this point in time in American society. We're like, the, I mean, I'm kind of the average person you see and you hear about. 
And it's good, I think, for people like me to, to, to hear about these lifestyles in such a healthy way. So what I hear you saying, if I can uh, try to analogize here, uh, your vanilla ice cream. I, I think I totally but am. But it's yeah. important to know that there's lots of other flavors out there. And it's all <laughs> under the same ice cream shop. We're all in the same shop yeah. together. There's sherbet. There's cookies and cream strawberry there's all yeah. kinds of flavors yeah if you're just in your own ice cream world you might be missing out on some great <laughs> some great tastes for me it's it's about continuing to normalize choices people make so even though they're not the right choices for me and i've thought a lot about this over the last 15 years of my adulthood it's good to normalize it because these are their choices and I want to be able to engage with other people's choices and decisions in a way where it's like I'm not stunned. I mean, there should be things that we're like, oh my goodness, though, right? Like bronies? Come on. Bronies? Oh, are those, those are the people who dress up as ponies, right? They're the guys that like My Little Pony and they dress like them right? sex fetishes about There was a Bob's Burgers episode about that that I thoroughly appreciated. If you want a brony... I- Go, I don't care. Go for it. Like, I do not right. care. Oh, I, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be able to do it. I'm just saying that you should be okay with people making fun of it because it's funny. <laughs> you should be able to make fun of pretty much everything, especially if it's something like that. I would only make fun of a brony if the brony was a very good friend of mine. Like, say you went brony. Mm-hmm. I love you and I would tease you about it lovingly, but I would also thoroughly support if you felt like you found this thing that you were like, it makes me feel so good and I love it. I'd be like, that's great, man. Well, I'm, we're not trying to disclude anyone here. If you are a brony out there, I love you. We love you. We love you. And you found a place here. I think the, the 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 point I always try to emphasize um, is if it's between consenting adults, I'm like, have at it. I, I don't care. But consenting adults is a point that I stress because there are things out there that are super uh, creepy, illegal, and dangerous, and they do not belong under the same umbrella. Some people who I think judge alternative lifestyles, right, they put like criminal activity under the same umbrella as alternative activity yeah. and that is incorrect yeah gets a little weird having sex with kids Mm-mm. nope not, not cool. an alternative lifestyle no that's fucking criminal and you're disgusting having sex with animals i gotta be honest i i put it i put it under the same umbrella that's not a consenting adult so no. i'm just like Mm-mm. nope that's not okay that's not something you can do so there is criminal activity that should be judged and then there's just alternative lifestyles, which between consenting adults, one, right. it's none of my business, but two, I do want to be comfortable with it. I want to be able to share space with those people comfortably, but even if it's not the right thing for me, it yeah. shouldn't matter. See, I was sort of brought up where you just, it doesn't matter. Like you could do whatever you want Two consenting adults. Uh-huh. Totally agree with that. It's fine. You just don't tell anybody about anything ever, really. Oh, my God, that sucks. I mean, you just don't, it's not something you broadcast when I was growing up, you know. I, I don't want, lo- like, locker room talk. That's, oh, God, that would just make me, it would just make me cringe up. And I'm like, all right, I, yeah. you know. So that's just, but that's just me. Um, so. I'm with you as far as my personal, like, personally, I don't. I don't share a lot. I, I don't feel like that's anybody's business. Like, it's no one's business what I want to do or who I want to. That's just no one's fucking business. Right. That's, but that's, just, that's between me and my Tinder profile. 
Carrie's pick for interviewing style podcasts. I'm just going to say interview. Interview podcast. That's what I'm going to say. Sure. Let's do it. Uh, uh-huh. Carrie's pick for interview podcast is? Trauma Queen. And can you find that uh, anywhere or? Apple, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Pocket, Radio Public, Stitcher, Castbox, okay. Overcast. Pretty much everywhere. Yes. Almost everywhere. Move along. W- since you dropped the ball and failed this week and only have one pick. Yeah. We'll just go on to my first pick. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I got two. <clears throat> yep. I've got two. Uh, and we're going to talk about the lighter one, I think, here. Uh, let's go with The Sporkful. Today on The Sporkful, I sit down with one of my favorite comics in the world, Maria Bamford. In a lot of ways, I think eating an ice cream cone in a pool of blood is sort of the perfect metaphor for her unique, darkly funny comedy. The Sporkful is, uh, it's a, I guess it's a food podcast. But it's an interview sort podcast. Of. It's uh, it's yeah. Dan Dan Pashman. He's like a known guy in the cooking world. Uh, he's got uh, well, he's got this podcast and uh, the Sportful, and he, he also has another like show uh, called Eat yeah. More Better. Uh, I believe that's on the Cooking Channel. It's like a web series. Uh, no, wait, the web series is you're eating it wrong, and then Eat More Better is his book. Okay, just want to make sure I got that right. Um, right. So, so he does a lot of food stuff. Uh, he's a very uh, easy to listen to kind of guy. He's very professional. He sounds very comfortable at what he's doing. He actually sounds like uh, like Colbert to me. I don't know if you noticed that. That I was trying to figure out who the hell he sounded like to me, and actually, maybe that's it. Because the first thing that you hear is there's like an ad at the beginning, and it's like mm-hmm. it's him doing it. And I was like, the first time I listened to it, I thought it was Colbert doing an ad for the show and then he was but then i started listening to the podcast and it was it was him he um it's he they say that this uh the sporkful isn't for foodies it's for eaters that's sort of his tagline yeah. uh yeah. and each uh episode they sort of uh they, they usually have a, a a guest uh some of them are famous guests uh, some of them not so famous um but they all kind of just talk about how food has impacted their lives in one way or another. And they get into yeah. a lot of, a lot of great details uh, and great conversations about that. It's very light. It's very fun. Uh, it's very easy to listen to as far as like just sitting at work or something like that and having something on uh, that's entertaining. And especially when like, you know the person, like I listened to the Andy Richter one, that one was very fun. It's, it's sort of about, it, you know, they have discussions about race and culture and body image and all kinds of things that go along with food. Uh, but yeah. it's usually very funny uh, uh, conversations that he has with uh, different comedians or actors. So uh, I, I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed every episode of this that I listened to. I thought this was a really surprisingly beautiful podcast, actually, because, you know, the, the, the way people connect with food, the way that we connect through community, the way that we connect culturally, memories that are associated with food, the food we grew up with, the food that we go to when we're having whatever feeling we're having, comfort food. This podcast is so surprisingly touching because he connects with people on this really intimate level by talking to them about food. <laughs> Whether it's like that guy, I can't remember the guy, um, he's he's based in um, Portland, Oregon, and he, he creates like logos, like he created like Obama's logo, and oh, yeah. he had this whole episode about the perfect club sandwich 
But, you know, whether whether he's talking to someone like that, who is just this incredibly like committed personality with lots of freaking opinions, and he talks to you about the perfect fucking club sandwich, god damn it. Like I mean, like what it needs to be. And, you know, if people scoff at him when hipsters scoff at him when he asks for particular things on a club, he's like, you know, yeah, screw I you, don't, taking I my don't business do elsewhere. Mustard, man. I don't do mustard, man. And that was so funny when he said mustard. Yellow mustard's not my favorite, but I love spicy mustard and I put spicy mustard on almost everything. It is Brian makes fun of me for it because I just love it so much. But he had that conversation with him. And then he had the conversation with the woman um, who grew up like she and her family. They would make the kimchi in there and they would like because, you know, it's like a fermented food. They would make it in the kiddie pool as a family. But tell me about about how you solve the kimchi problem. The lack of kimchi problem. Uh, if you can't find it, you have to make it. So it's funny because uh, maybe five years ago, I got a personal trainer because I was getting ready to get married and I wanted to look good on the night on, on that day. And uh, he said, God, your squats are so good. Like you get deep, it's, it's rich. And I was like, you know why? Because I was making kimchi when I was like five years old. And when I talk about that, are there any Koreans in the room? Any, all right, all right. And I don't know if any of you Koreans made kimchi growing up, but basically what we did as children was gathered around what we used. My sister and I used to have a kiddie pool in the summer, a plastic kiddie pool. Right. But that was a bowl that was big enough to actually brine cabbage because <laughs> we made enough kimchi to get us through the entire winter. And so basically it was me, my mother, my grandmother, and we would have to squat in the laundry room floor. I mean, get down and deep. For a few hours and just brine kimchi and paste between the leaves. And I'm convinced that's why my uh, my squats are so good. But just talking to people about food and all these like emotional stories that it brings yeah. up about who they are in the world. My favorite one was uh, the Jason Jones one. Uh, he's I didn't listen to it. He's 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 a guy on The Daily Show. Um, like I, I know him by face. Uh but he's married to Samantha B. So then they were, obviously they both started on the Daily Show, and I, I found it so interesting because he's he's talking about he was on the Daily Show first, and then Samantha huh. B came on and sort of became way more famous, and yeah. so he landed up taking a step back and uh, and he had to deal with sort of the insecurities of that. But uh, what huh. he did was concentrate on his kids, and food was a big part of that. So Jason never really felt like he was that guy. And that was confirmed for him when he became a parent. When my kids came along, I, I that's where I went. That's where I'm all where I always will be until they, you know, walk out the door, <laughs> which will be a very sad day because I have that is my hobby. I pour my life into their life, and my kids are my best friend. I mean, it's so it's such a it's such a touching part of of I would say the human experience. I had a. I mean, I knew a woman who lost her husband to cancer very young, at least in my opinion, it was very young. She was 39 when he died. Um, I believe he was only 42. And her, I saw her several months later, and she was telling me about the loneliest thing was eating. Because <laughs> they would always like, like food was such a big part of their relationship and they would cook together and they would like, they would look for recipes together. They would cook together. They would find a wine that was supposed to, you know, fit the food perfectly. And then it was an experience like their cooking for them was a, was a joint couple experience. And after he died, 
it was just this void. So she started having these like elaborate dinner parties after he died where she would invite like 10 of their closest friends. She would cook this very like exquisite meal that she spent all day putting together. She would pair it with the wines. Like this was part of her healing process was sharing food with her community because it was the biggest part that she missed about her marriage and her husband. So, but when she told me that, I, I, you know, food is not a part of my life the way it is a part of other people's lives. You know, I grew up dancing and trying to be skinny and starving myself. And my relationship with food was so messed up because of that. And so listening to people talk about their food, like their, their connection with it, it's kind of lovely. And it's not something that's familiar to me personally. So I really, I really enjoyed it. I actually got a lot out of it. That's kind of sad, Carrie. <laughs> now that I've brought the party down, well, <laughs> I told you I'm terrible if you, at parties. If you like, if you like food, if you like to be entertained by talk people talking about food, if you want to hear these kind of stories, the Sporkful is great. And it's it it, they're all pretty short. They're all about or thirty eight minutes or so. So it's it, they're they're easy to get through, and you'll find yourself going through a bunch all in one day. So we are going to actually take a break and come back with Josh's second pick. But I was going to do pick. my second pick. No, we're going to – no, we're taking a break. We're gonna, taking a break, and then we're coming back with the second pick, Josh. I'm going to start now. No, we made an agreement. You're going to shut your mouth. Here comes the music. Well, the break was forced upon me. I give you permission to talk about your second pick. Forgot to mention uh, with the food things, just just be careful with the salads. <laughs> Don't eat salads, you guys. You could die that way. Okay. Josh. Yes. Let's begin this section by telling folks how we want to hear from them and connect with them for our podcast. I would prefer a megaphone outside megaphone? of my office. Josh works at the following address. Yes. Okay. You can locate us on the interwebs, www.podnobbing.com. That's our website. You can go there and you can see all of our stuff, like all the episodes we've done in the past. You can stream them from there. You can check out our blag. Did I say the blag. right? Blag. Blog, yeah, it blog. details all the episodes that we talk about. It gives you quick, easy access to those links. So if you ever forget about something that we've already talked about or you want to see what we've mm-hmm. already talked about, you can go there. You can find the episodes. You can click. You can follow. You can scri- subscribe. You can do all that good stuff. So We uh, did it all for you. Podnobbing.com mm-hmm. uh, is mm-hmm. available mm-hmm. for you. Uh, mm-hmm. And, we, of course, there's also the socials. Uh, Instagram at Podnobbing. Uh, Twitter at Podnobbing. Facebook, at Podnobbing. You can find us at all of those places. And we probably should be in other places that I don't even know exist because I'm too old. So if that's the Mm -hmm. case and we should be somewhere that we're not, let us know. Tell us. Write us a letter. Yeah. Mail it. Mail it. U.S. Post. USPS. You can get uh, a stamp at the grocery store. You can. Or the post office. How much are stamps nowadays? I don't know. No idea. Ten bucks? Probably. Twenty bucks? Inflation. And also, why would you contact us? Well, because if you have a podcast that you think we should listen to, you should tell us. If you heard a podcast that's fabulous that not everybody already knows about and it doesn't cost money to access it, we are kind of avoiding those right now, you should tell us. Additionally... 
you should tell other people things. For example, if you've already gotten a great recommendation from our podcast, you should tell a friend about our podcast. And you should tell that friend to tell a friend. and mm, Spread the word like a virus. Yeah, a virulent virus, please. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Josh, Yo. you should get to your second pick. I already did it. I did it on the break. I do not accept this response. All right. I'll do it again. All right. My second pick for interviewing podcasts Mm -hmm. is What Was That Like? Welcome to What Was That Like? I'm your host, Scott Johnson. This is a show where we talk to regular people, people just like you or just like me, who have found themselves in an extremely unusual situation. We'll hear their stories and get inside their head because we all want to know, what was that like? It's exactly what you think it's about. It's not, there's no celebrities here. Nope. These are regular people being interviewed by this guy's name, Scott Johnson. He's the host of Mm -hmm. What Was That Like? Uh, Scott mm-hmm. is, um, he's just, I think he's just like a regular dude. Um, regular dude. Yeah, I, he does computer stuff. Like, I think he's got like a computer repair shop or something out in Florida. Huh. Uh, he does another podcast called the Computer Tutor Podcast. Um, computer Tutor. So I think he's just, he's just a regular guy that I think came up with a brilliant idea. And that was to interview regular people who have done crazy, crazy shit or been through crazy, crazy. shit. Crazy crazy shit and so this one's called what was that like because that's the question we got a guy named shiny one that's that's a thing in itself his name he goes by shiny uh but shiny uh ate his own foot did you hear me uh this one uh, guy he survived a fatal uh car crash which was oh my god that episode was uh, riveting so we're, we're tearing down the road he's getting air on some of these hills I remember hearing Daniel say, it's a beautiful day to die, gentlemen. Then we just fly right over this hill. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, please, God, don't let there be a car on the other side of that hill. And you could feel the car leave the ground. I heard the engine just rev incredibly fast. You know, the wheels aren't on the ground, so they're just freely spinning now. And the loudest bang I've ever heard in my entire life. And off to the left, we somehow flew right into the woods. We caught a tree that was maybe 18, 12, 18 inches in diameter, a fairly good-sized tree. We caught it about four feet off the ground, snapped it in two, and that was the bang I heard. They're all riveting. They're all like, I was on, I just couldn't stop listening. This It was crack. Um, there's another, there's some are a little lighter. Like uh, there was one where uh, somebody married somebody from a wrong number, landed up marrying the guy. But, you know, so there's that kind of thing. You're like, what? Um, another crazy ass episode was like a, uh, somebody that was in, in, uh, one of the victims of a mass shooting got shot 12 oh. times, uh, inside oh of a bank. And, oh, uh, yeah, you get to hear all about that. Uh, and these stories, they're about an hour long each. Um, so like you get involved and it, uh, he's really good about, uh, he gets actually like, uh, the 911 calls, you know, if that's a thing or he'll go, he'll cut to, uh, an interview with like one of the rescue workers or the first responders. And they'll talk about their little bit apart in that person's life or in that person's story. Um, so really yeah. for, for just being a regular dude with no backing or no anything, he finds these people that have extraordinary stories 
and he he gives them a platform to tell those stories and they're they're really like it's like you're listening to somebody tell this story like you know at the bar or somewhere and you just like can't believe what they're saying and you're just like what by far the weirdest one was the foot one the like i i just couldn't believe what i was hearing why did he eat his foot cuz he he wanted he was curious like so he had you know he had like kind of he had eclectic friends or whatever um and uh-huh. you know i know what that's like and so just like sort of in jest probably over cocktails um they were talking about you know would you ever eat a person which you know the cannibalism it comes up from time to time sure sure um you know what what would you do you know and everybody mm-hmm. <clears throat> when there's no you know, there's no meat behind it no pun intended there you know people are like yeah sure okay i'll do it whatever so and that's pretty much where that left off until he got into a motorcycle accident and he pretty uh, had to lose his foot and oh. he wanted to keep it and first he was oh. like he wanted to like get it stuffed or something um oh. so he was like reaching out to um you know taxidermy people but i guess there's probably like laws against it so <laughs> he was just sitting there with a foot and he didn't know what to do with it so he's like oh my god i got an idea i'm just gonna eat yeah so he called up all those friends that were talking about it. he's like hey you remember that night we were talking about whether or not you'd eat somebody well i got something for you so he just got a bunch of friends together there was like 11 people at this dinner Sounds like a rich dude because he had like a, a chef friend come in and like prepared the food because it's really I guess it's really what did he call it menu-y. So there's like a lot of tendons. Yeah, I was gonna say and... like there's not like yeah what the fuck are you gonna eat on the so foot? Like, so the chef whole, like there's uh, muscles but there's not a lot of meat. The chef like took just the, the good parts the meat parts and uh, like marinated it but kept it simple you know just sort of like you know dressed it with a little salt and pepper so you because you, you wanted to eat it. And ground it up real nice, and I, I don't know if they made tacos or whatever, but yeah. And then they just ate the foot. And then he starts uh, grilling up this meat. It made like we called it foot tacos, but really it was like a like a tostada with a little bit of fajita meat on it. Is basically what it was. What was the feeling, or like the um, ambiance in the room? Was it kind of like? A little awkward because everybody knew what was about to happen or was it kind of a joking thing or how did how did your friends feel there was a lot of dark humor and joking going on just to ease the weirdness because it's super weird yeah we're gonna we're gonna cross that taboo how long did he fucking have this foot before he decided to cook it i'm guessing a couple days oh i mean you could freeze it i guess would you ever eat a person I imagine if I was starving and they died naturally. Like you didn't murder him to eat him. Like I didn't murder them to eat them, but I can't imagine I would be any different than a lot of other people that have been like trapped in places with no food. Somebody dies and all of a sudden everyone's like, the soccer team or whatever. There's people that just refuse to do it and then they died. It's like a matter of principle. I think I would do it like, I think I'd be like pretty quickly. Like I would be like kind of hungry. What if it was like a loved one? But I'm trapped and starving. I mean, we're not talking about like one of those post-apocalyptic movies where I join a gang that like actively. No, no, no. We're talking survival them. situation. But the okay. only meat Great. that was Great. there is a loved one. It's like maybe let's say your spouse. 
Uh, yeah. Of course. Oh, God. Brian would be so chewy. He's so muscular. Yeah. You know what would be really hard? Hmm. One of my pets. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That, that, so like, you'd eat a human before you would eat your pet. <laughs> I'm just asking. Probably. <laughs> because at least, like, with the person. Well, first of all, I, if I, I don't have children, I bet you if it was my child i couldn't do it oh that's nice you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. right i don't think i could do that and I don't, I don't have i mean i don't have a child but i'm guessing that would probably be like fuck like no i can't do it but if it was like you know a friend or a loved one or my spouse or whatever mm-hmm. yeah i'd probably like i'd probably be like babe i love you goodbye i'm gonna eat you you know what i mean like you're dying i'm going to eat you to survive they'd probably want me to eat them to survive you would think but you would think. I would be like, just fucking eat my... I don't give a shit. Go for it. But make sure I'm dead. Make sure I'm dead. And then fine. Hmm. But shit, like, if it's your child or your pet, for me, if it was like my pet, my pet are like my pets are like my kids. So that, that would be really fucking hard. I always get terrified about the idea of having a pet, like, in a survival situation or, like, in the apocalypse because people are going to, like, want to kill it and eat it. And then that's just going to be awful. Because I'm probably going to, like, fight, and then I'm probably going to get lose. murdered. Yeah, and they're going to eat you next. Oh, I'm probably going to lose. If it's me against, like, a bunch – yeah, I mean, you know, me against more than one person, my odds probably are not good. Well, so, anyways, this this podcast is crazy. Uh, and it, <laughs> This podcast is – It's really good. Like I said, every episode is like this. Every episode is like, what in the hell? How? How did this person survive? How did it, it's so gripping. I listened to the one where the guy's soon-to-be ex-wife tried to have him murdered. Yeah, nice. Because she didn't want to lose fifty percent of everything in the divorce. She's only in, she was only entitled to fifty percent of everything they had, and she wanted a hundred percent. So yeah, she tried to have him murdered. Right, what was that like uh, with uh, Scott Johnson, regular dude? All right, so our summary of our three podcast recommendations for interview podcasts are Trauma Queen. The Sporkful. And what was that like? It's time for the lightning round. Oh, shit. Get out your umbrellas, everyone. Maybe not, because lightning and metal, maybe not so good. Moving on. Okay, Josh, what are you watching? Uh, Let's see, what am I watching? What am I watching? Um, I just finished uh, Glow. Uh, the new season of Glow just came out, and I watched it all in one day. I am also watching Glow. I love that show. There's something about it. I, I get weirdly emotional when I watch it. I mean, do you watch it for Mark Marin? Did I watch it for Mark Marin? No. Yeah, like if he wasn't in it, you would still watch it, right? Yes, but he's one of the best things about the show I, I think he is a like a, a surprisingly good actor um and i i think he's a, an integral part to that show and it wouldn't be the same without him um but it is just mm. a fantastic ensemble cast so i agree and i typically hate ensemble casts. i am not an ensemble cast kind of person i'm really not but that show just works for me and i love that this season they're you know every season they're kind of tackling more difficult subjects Mm -hmm. and this season they really they really you really get to know each of the women a lot better and they do take on some challenging subjects and i just 
love it. I just, I like every single character, even Bash. I, I like them all. Who's your, who's your favorite? Oh, that's just not a fair question. Mine's easy. Mine's the, uh, the wolf. Really? Sheila's your favorite? She was my favorite this season by far. Her as Liza Minnelli in the ring oh my God, was so good. fucking fabulous. When the girl that plays fortune cookie looks at her and goes, if my science is correct, you will never be as good as your mother. (laughs) (laughs) Before we get off the what are you watching, there's one other thing that I saw on Sunday morning um, on NBC that I've never seen before and I was riveted. So Sunday morning NBC is usually a lot of weird sports. This Sunday was no different. There was something called professional drone racing. Like I, I first started, I turned it on, and I thought it was like, like a like a gamer show. Like sometimes the like gamers are now like sports athletes or something. I don't know how that works, but they do a lot of stuff on ESPN. Where they'll do like a you know a gamer challenge. You know, like they're, they're playing Madden or they're playing some point of view you know shooter up game. Um, for you know, like these are like the the top tier gamers or whatever that are doing this. But so that's what I thought this was, but it wasn't. Um, so it was just like these four young people for the most part and they're shit talking, you know? And I'm like, what is, what is happening? Are they really just shit talking gaming? Okay, fine. That's fine. And then all of a sudden they put on these like masks or like these helmets, like VR helmets or something. And I was like, okay, they're going to do the game now. I guess I'll watch it for a second. And then it was like three, two, one, go. And then all of a sudden, these real drones took off from, like, a starting line. And they raced around, like, all crazy fast up and down. And they're going through, like, uh, you know, squares or circles that they got to get through. And they're just racing. And they're bumping into each other. They're crashing. And they all have, they all have like, the, the web, like, the cams on them. So it'll go from, like, you know, watching the race to the outside to being inside zooming around all crazy it was nuts it was the sport it was the sport of the future it was like it was like pod racing like in the, the, the like the star wars movies it, yeah, yeah 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 it was so cool i was riveted and i didn't even know this thing existed apparently it's been around for a while josh yeah what are you reading okay carrie yeah i want to get serious for just a second oh good I'm not reading anything. I am almost done with N.K. Jemison's oh, um, boy. Obelisk Gate. It's just, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Yeah, by I'm the end there. of the it's year. So, it is by so good. By episode 20. It really is so good. Look, her books are very detailed. You can't rush through them. You got to like pay attention. And they're, they are long, but like mostly it's because I've just have not had a lot of time. However, her books are so good. And that particular trilogy, because this is the second one I'm of the trilogy that I'm reading, but at least the first two, I haven't read the third, obviously, but so fucking fantastic. But what I wanted to bring to you, I also read the news. I keep up with the news at least five days a week. I take like kind of one and a half to two days off of news because it's mostly like just super depressing um, or it makes me really, really angry. And, you know, I'm at an, I'm at an age now where I've got to watch that blood pressure. So I did come across one piece of news that genuinely made me laugh. And I'm going to share that with you. Be my guest. The headline is this. 
This is from Face to Face Africa. Drama as fart from Kenyan lawmaker forces speaker to suspend debate. Mm, it's a powerful fart. <laughs> Drama unfolded in a Kenyan regional assembly on Wednesday after one member of the House farted during a heated debate, bringing proceedings to a standstill. <laughs> The speaker's attention had apparently been drawn to the group of male MCAs who were pointing fingers at each other. Honorable speaker, one of us has polluted the air, and I know who it is, Julius Gaia reportedly told Homa Bay County Assembly. (laughs) It's a good line. So I just wanted to share that tiny piece of hilarity because it was the one piece of news that truly, truly made me laugh this week. Among so much news, that was not even remotely funly. Let me ask you, if you had the power, and it would be a power, like a superpower, I guess, yeah. to uh-huh. fart on command, right? You could just do it whenever <laughs> you wanted to, however you wanted to. Like it could be, like you can control the noise, the depth, the sound, the, the smell. You, you have all that capability inside you, right? Would you keep that power to yourself or would you tell your family and friends about it? About a really, really shitty, no pun intended, superpower of being able to fart on command? Yeah, I I mean, superpower is in quotes, but... Do you remember that superhero movie that Ben Stiller made probably like 20 years ago now where Pee Wee Herman... Uh, Paul Rubens. Where Paul Rubens plays a superhero that can do just that. No. He can fart on command. I'm not, aware of, this remember mo- I'm that? not aware of this movie at all. Uh, Mystery Men. Yeah, it was called Mystery Men, and Paul Rubens was in it, and he could fart violently and stinkily on command, hmm. and that was his superpower. Paul Rubens' name in that movie was Spleen, just so you know. Okay, so but the question that you were asking me is not do I want the superpower. The question is if I had it, yes. would I tell my friends and family? Would everybody know that you had this power, or would just something you keep to yourself? Would everybody know? Um, no, I, I, I mean, I think just like my close friends would know, and then I probably wouldn't tell like anybody else any more than I tell anybody else yeah. anything personal about myself. Right. Yeah. Kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be like, hello, my name is Carrie. We are meeting for the first time. And huh, that was you. <laughs> yeah, you just sort of point and walk away. Laugh. <laughs> Way to go, Johnny. Way to be a party pooper. Bop, bop. <laughs> oh, that's just Carrie. Okay. She does that. <laughs> what a bitch. All right. What? Hold on, I just want to talk about Mystery Men for a second here. (laughs) Hank Hank Azaria, Janine Garofalo, William H. Macy, uh, Paul Rubens, Ben Stiller, Greg Kinnear, Jeffrey Rush, Eddie Izzard, Artie Lang, Uh Tom Waits, the Tom Waits. Uh, Yeah. That's ridiculous. Um, the movie was not that good either. But you know what? Maybe I should give it another try. I, I remember seeing it in theaters. I actually went to go see it in the theater. Mm. And um, I did not think it was that 
enjoyable. But perhaps as an adult, yeah. I would enjoy this movie even more somehow. Probably right. not. The, but I mean, you the know. character of Spleen may have grown just as we have. Homework. So, what are you listening to music wise? Oh, okay. Um, I I was at a friend's house uh, for his fortieth yeah. birthday party. Hmm. Getting old, Carrie. Um. And so I decided to be. Uh, we used my phone as the uh, the DJ for the party. You know, I just hooked it up to some speakers or whatever. And we decided to listen to all songs from the year of his birth, nineteen seventy nine. Oof. Yeah, that lasted about forty five minutes before I was angrily told to turn it off. So it's <laughs> a lot of disco. <laughs> um, yeah, there's some there's some good stuff in there, but uh, yeah. So music from the year 1979 is what I've been listening to. What about you? Well, I do thoroughly enjoy Lizzo's new song. Is that the one with Missy Elliott? Yes. Yeah, that's my girl. Well, who? I mean, Missy Elliott is a goddess. Like <laughs> anything by Missy Elliott is fan fucking tastic. Everyone knows that. However. Missy Elliott. I mean, has Missy Elliott made anything, any new music? Has Missy Elliott yeah, she's done a, music? some little things here and there. Uh, she was like sick or something for a while. Like collaborative, right? She does a lot of. She's done yeah, some she little collaborative things, but not her own. Uh, yeah, album. So that is why I don't just constantly list like list Missy Elliott. I often will put on Missy Elliott when I can't think of what I want to hear, but I know I want to hear something that will make me happy. Missy Elliott is on the list. Dolly Parton is on the list. You know, so. But Lizzo's new song with Missy Elliott, I really, really appreciate it. I like it a lot. It's called Tempo. All right. What time is it? It's about that time. So that is going to be it for today's show. Josh. Yeah. Why don't you, for a change, tell them what we're doing next? Oh, it's going to be good. The next episode is history. I know that sounds boring because, you know. History class kind of was kind of boring in high school, but history podcasts, they're cool. They're real cool. And full of way less shit than your history teacher in high school. Yeah. So I already got a, like a bunch of history podcasts that uh, I can't wait to get into. So I'm, I'm. God damn it. Yeah. I got a list. I'm ahead of the game. I better get working. Okay. I will not be eating salads because I don't have time for that because you already have a list of history podcasts that I don't have any yet. So no salads for me because I am not spending days barfing when I need to be listening to podcasts. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, yeah, I think we're done. Dunzo. Dunzo.